International Rage Network. Welcome back to the Far Center. I'm your host, Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L. Or like bullshit in the morning. Um, Yeah, if you're tired of hearing that, by the way, I don't care. I'm going to keep repeating it. Um, uh, Today's episode of the Far Center, I, um, I wanted to get into something a little more... Um a little more focused on humanity and a question that I have a question that I think that most people ask themselves, whether they recognize it or not. And a question that a lot of the, you know, of the great literary minds of our, of of our species really of of all time have asked. And that's the question of um, what is the nature of man? Are we uh, predominantly good or are we predominantly evil? Now, a lot of that will come down to exactly what you think of as being good or evil. Uh, and it's such a huge question that in order to tackle it in one of these episodes, um, I just don't know that it would be possible. And so I wanted to focus in on something and um, I wasn't really sure how I was going to do that. And uh, yesterday I happened to be sitting in the living room with my dog, Sophie, Um She's a really, really, you know, exceptionally kind-hearted dog. A little stupid, you know, like most of the best dogs ever are kind of a little stupid. Sophie's a little stupid, um, but she's also just exceptionally good. Um, She has a a soft nature. um, And it got me thinking about how dogs are actually a really good example of the duality of man. And in that, what I mean is that we have a huge possibility, huge potential for goodness and also a huge potential for, you know, just taking things too far, being selfish and um, reckless. So to begin today, I'd like to sort of take us back and really get into what exactly a dog is. So... The exact date that dogs began to be their own species away from wolves and other wild dogs uh, is actually pretty highly disputed um, in the scientific community. The the absolute provable date of when dogs existed and were um, a part of human culture is 14,000 years ago. That's the provable date. 
of when dogs began to be buried with people, like along with their humans. Uh, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests that it could be as far back as 35,000 years ago. Um, now, the reason why I think that the, the older date might be more realistic is the fact that the Aztec and Inca, uh, who lived uh, here on the American continent uh, and crossed the land bridge about 20,000 years ago, roughly, and again, these are, you know, estimations as far as science is concerned. Uh, they also had dogs, um, which in itself brings up an interesting question about uh, domesticating dogs. If it was something that happened um, in, you know, in an, in an ancient, in a more ancient time, is it something that spread after we domesticated dogs or did the idea of domesticating dogs uh, actually develop in different cultures at different times. In other words, um, were dogs domesticated in Europe and then completely without any interaction between Europe and North America, were dogs also domesticated here in North America? It's an interesting question and one that's, uh, I think, a little too complex to really try to answer right now. And also, that's not the point of this podcast. The point of the podcast is to sort of really dig into the idea of dogs and what we've done with them and whether or not that proves something to be good about ourselves. Um, so before they became dogs, before they became domesticated, they were wild animals, uh, wolves and other wild forms of dogs. So we're talking about um we're talking about something that essentially is competition to us for food. Uh, they're large, uh, lar they're large um, carnivores and they're canids, um, which means that they are naturally um, competing with us for the same kind of food, for the same uh, food sources. You know, when we went out and hunted for, you know, the wild buffalo, there were also wolves who wanted to eat the buffalo. Um, now, that in itself is a pretty remarkable thing that we were able to take what is essentially um, competition and have it become our ally in a thing. Um, if you know much about uh, the history of just species in general, that is not something that happens often. And in fact, um, you know, the domestication of dogs could be one of the most uh, interesting and in-depth scientific studies that one could, could go into. Um, this doesn't happen in the animal kingdom. It really is something that only happens and only has happened for us. I mean, there have been individual circumstances where, you know, a wolf and a bear, you know, may both work together for something um, and even become, you know, quote unquote allies in a thing, but not the entire species becoming, um, you know, almost symbiotic with another and that is what dogs are to us they are um, an almost symbiotic uh, species to our own um, I think that that says something really exceptionally good about human nature 
the fact that we can look at a thing that is not us and that we are capable, at least, you know, we have been capable of seeing it as a potential ally rather than just as a threat. And I think that the fact that a dog's specialty, you know, what really has allowed a dog as a species to thrive is not that it's exceptionally intelligent. It's no more intelligent than a wolf, really. Um, it's not exceptional speed or strength or even necessarily uh, great adaptability, although they have shown great adaptability. The really incredible thing about dogs um, and what's allowed them to thrive as much as they have is that their specialty is actually to read and understand human behavior. Dogs are able to sense things in humans that other animals are not, and they're able to um, match and uh, change their attitudes, their actions in order to uh, better orient themselves with the humans around them. Now, I know that anybody listening to this who has a dog will understand exactly what I'm talking about. If you're um, very, very sad, your dog will likely come and lay with you and something about the way that they're, something about the way that their head will flop down or the way that they'll look at you at that moment. It feels like they know what you're feeling. It's really kind of a profound moment, to be honest with you, because most animals look at other animals simply as a threat or food source. But dogs are able to see humans as something more than that. And I think that, again, like I said, I think that that shows um, that shows that dogs, you know, an entire species of being, an entire an entire species on the planet Earth exists as a result of um, their ability to read us and also to uh, be a positive thing in our lives. Um, I was reading a few weeks ago about a study that they did where they looked at uh, what parts of a dog's brain light up when they look at a person. Um, you know, specifically in adults and then in babies, because dogs often treat babies in a much different way that they treat human beings. And in fact, they, they found that the part of the dog's brain that lights up when it sees a human baby is the same part of the brain that lights up in a human when we see a puppy. Um, that sort of, oh, how precious um, kind of feeling that we get when we look at a puppy is exactly the same part of the brain that lights up in a dog when it sees a human baby. Um, so while we're looking at it as, oh, what a cute little thing, it's looking at us as, oh, what a cute little thing, which is really interesting, um, I think, personally. Uh, and also the way that a dog looks at a person um, is generally as a positive um, but potential threat, which is the same way that people look at dogs. Um, most people have a positive reaction to seeing dogs, but some people have a threat response, which is pretty normal. And I mean, I personally believe is the most normal kind of reaction because again, <laughs> these are, you know, these are meat eating carnivorous canids and we've had 
you know, a hundred to 200,000 years of evolution to teach us that these things not only will compete with us, but also they have sharp teeth <laughs> that can hurt. But the fact that we do exist in the, in the way that we do with dogs um, to me is a, is a great example of the capacity for goodness in human beings. Um, now, Let's talk about the duality part here. Let's talk about the bad things. First of all, um, dogs are maybe the longest running genetic experiment that human beings have ever done. <laughs> and by that, what I mean is that, you know, dogs should really look a lot like wolves. Um they don't because we have uh, specifically bred and engineered them to look like certain things and also to act in certain ways. You know, we have hounds, for instance, who we use as hunting dogs. We have animals that we use as lap dogs that we've specifically bred, um, you know, to create the thing that we want in a dog, um, which shows, again, great adaptability on the part of a dog. Uh, they're much more changeable than, say, a horse or a cow, although they've been, you know, they've been changed through us using genetic experiments. And I don't mean in a lab. I mean through breeding, through geneticists um, or genetics. But dogs, of course, have, you know, somewhere close to 400 different breeds. Um and along with that come, you know, the things that we like about dogs, right? You have, you know, big, stupid, floppy-headed dogs that everybody loves. And you have, you know, little yappy uh, dogs that like to sit on your lap. And we have guard dogs. And we have, you know, we've had fighting dogs in the past. We've had things that are bred specifically to be dangerous or aggressive. Um, but along with that come some pretty serious side effects too. some pretty serious downfalls in these dogs who we've, um, you know, bred into what we want from them. You know, for instance, um, Rottweilers have a propensity for bone cancer. Uh, German shepherds will rarely last over about five or six years old without developing serious hip problems. Um, pugs can't breathe properly. Uh, chihuahuas exist. <laughs> Sorry, that's just, I, I don't personally like chihuahuas. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a dick about chihuahuas. Um, so we've been able to take one thing or maybe a couple of different kind of uh, canine species um, that were very closely related to wolves. And we've been able to mold them into over 400 different breeds, which, which points to, you know, an intelligence that human beings have, but also I think, um, a profound nature for disruption. I won't say destruction. I think that human beings get too bad a rap on that in terms of our species, but I do think that we like to change things. Um, you know, most species, most species on the planet, specifically mammals, when they move into um, 
when they move into a habitat, they begin to mold themselves to become more hospitable to that habitat. Famously, there are such things as sea wolves on the west coast um, of, of North America, specifically in the BC rainforest. There is a species of wolves who um, actually derive about 90% of their food from fish in the, o- in the ocean um, and around the coast. They actually have slightly different DNA than wolves in you know, the deep forests in the north. And of course, we know that there are different wolf types and different types of, you know, cat or uh, deer, um, and they basically mold into where they live, whereas human beings tend to want to change the places we move to suit us, which, again, people, people tend to talk about that as a really negative thing. I know in the, in the Matrix, um, that's that... Uh, um, that's brought up the fact that we change our surroundings. And I believe, um, <laughs> I, I believe in the matrix, it's, uh, it's later compared to us as being like a virus uh, because that's what viruses do. Um, I think that that's too harsh a judgment on human beings personally. Um, but I do think that it's worth noting that we've taken uh, wolves and we've bred them to the point where they're chihuahuas and pugs. And it's not to say that I, you know, I I have a personal dislike for chihuahuas, but I don't personally dislike pugs. I think pugs are really, really cute. In fact, one of my favorite dog breeds is a boxer and they're clearly not the wolf that they used to be. (laughs) Um, They have clearly been bred to look a certain way uh, and it's changed them genetically and physically. And so one has to suspect that there's something wrong with that. Um, you know, when I, I think that dogs have uh, a really, really strong history with humanity. Um, in fact, I've often um, thought about the idea that when horses first came to North America from Europe, um, a lot of the a lot of the words that were given to describe them by the uh, Native Americans and the Aztecs, the Inca, um, you know, the the people who were here at the time, a lot of the words that were given to describe horses um, was something to the effect of "big dog." <laughs> um, and I think that that has to do with the fact that, you know, we were able to domesticate uh, another animal in horses, though with the, in a very similar way um, that we had domesticated dogs. And to close here, I'll just say that um, scientifically, a, uh, a purebred dog is not a thing. Um, because a dog is not its subspecies. Uh, A Rottweiler and a Chihuahua are in fact the same species. Um, They don't look it because we've uh, bred them to look different, Um, but all 400 of those different uh, kinds of dogs can have babies with the other 400 kinds of dogs, which means that they are not purebred, 
they are in fact, um, I would say they are in fact inbred, which is a part of the reason why um, so many of their health problems are specific to the breed. Um, it's, it's a lot the same way that we, you know, discovered um, a few hundred years ago really is when this is, is when this practice really was pushed away was uh, the practice of interbreeding in a, in a family. Uh, in fact, the royal families in much of ancient Europe did this for a very long time and discovered that uh, lots of health problems come from that. And so just like that, we have dogs that have specific health problems as a result of their inbreeding that we as a species have done. Now, if I haven't left you with any strong <laughs> strong belief as to whether or not we are good or bad based on uh, dogs, uh, allow me to allow me to sort of solidify here my thoughts. The fact that dogs exist, the fact that they are even a species at all, the fact that there are such things as dogs is, I believe, a profoundly uh, positive influence uh, from human beings and our potential for goodness. Um, we have taken things that we should be afraid of and we've made them into something that most of us are not afraid of. Um, that, in fact, is a hugely powerful example of human goodness. The fact that there is a species out there that exists and their entire spe specialty is to read human behavior um, shows you just how good of an influence we can be on the world. But the fact that there are 400 breeds of them and that several of those breeds have uh, significant health risks that we don't care about and that we don't allow to we don't allow them to breed that out of those of those dogs um, shows a profound selfishness on the fact of human uh, on the part of human beings and so I would say um, you know shockingly as the host of the far center that the answer to whether or not dogs are an example of our goodness or our wickedness um, is somewhere in the middle. There is a profound goodness uh, to their existence and there is a profoundly disturbing example um, of human nature in the number of dog breeds and the way that so many of them have health risks and that we just don't seem to care and keep breeding them that way anyway. So hopefully you uh, you enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, it's a little bit different than the ones that we've been doing. I wanted to get away from uh, the politics and the you know religion and those kinds of topics that uh, that people might be upset to to hear about. I wanted to just talk about something that interested me and uh, wanted to talk about it in a way that I think that not a lot of people have. And so there you have it. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, goodbye. Put
the call. A dog is 